Welcome to RCS. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. And we are lounging on my couch. It is a nice day to be inside. It was cold today. It snowed last night. If you were listening to this this week, you'll know we, when we recorded this. But uh, it uh, it got really cold. Like I didn't realize how cold it had been today because been, I've been sort of hibernating in my place, getting ready to go to uh, Scottsdale this week for the Jet Center event. And like I didn't realize how cold it was until I came down to get you. And I was like, gee, I was in like shorts and flip-flops, which was a mistake. So <laughs> there are parts of me that still need to unfreeze. I'm going to be very jealous of you in Arizona right now. Yeah, I, I drove to work in four-wheel drive this morning because well, I mean, still call me. I'm sure nobody else was driving to work. Everybody else was. Yeah, I wonder if people, it's more acceptable now. People are like, oh, yeah, it snowed. I can stay at home. I know I can stay at home. I can work from home. I don't want to be at home. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot less pressure to go to the office. I realized while talking to everybody today that a lot of people were staying at home today, not because of the snow, but because yesterday was President's Day and the kids got today off for some reason. So a lot of parents were stuck at home with their children. So. <laughs> I, I didn't know it was a thing, but I had called several people that have uh, children of, of school age. So, yeah, who knew? Yeah, I did. I totally forgot President's Day was Monday until Friday when I, a bunch of my meetings got canceled, and I didn't know why. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Because it's President's Day, Dan. <laughs> I didn't know it was either. I was working all day and not wondering why nobody was returning emails <laughs> or phone calls. Yeah. Well, we may be in uh, next apartment, but we're still brought to you by Avance, Carter Automotive Group, Grios Garage, RCS 10 for 10% off. You're going to need those cleaning products after today. <laughs> Haggerty, let's drive together. Salvo Design and York Real Estate. Yeah. Speaking of Carter Automotive Group. Yes. We've got a nice tip of the week for you guys out there. Yeah, this is actually something that we've talked about a lot, you and I, and I've never we've never actually gone in and researched it. So yeah, there's I a learned more a to lot. It. There's <laughs> a little more to it and a little less to it. Yeah. And like, Well, we're going to talk about VIN numbers today. Mm-hmm. And not how as to the whole take, show. How to take them off. Uh, right. Change them. No. Where to file them down. Yes, where to file them. Which kidding. numbers to take off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't know, the VIN number on your car is located usually on the passenger side, or excuse me, the driver's side corner of your windshield. <laughs> Start with a lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you look on your passenger side till you find it. <laughs> there's probably one somewhere stamped I'm over sure, there, but yeah. the, it's mainly, there's a little uh, metal tag usually in the driver's side corner of your windshield down at the bottom or on the door pillar. As you open the driver's side door, that number is 17-digit VIN is the standard VIN now. And yes, there were shorter ones before, but the 17-digit one is the one we're going to talk about, which is the main one you see in all cars now. So starting with those first three, that is called the WMI, and that is the World Manufacturer Index Identifier. Not index. I keep thinking index. It's identifier. Okay. So <laughs> that's basically, the, the, the first one is identifying where in the world it was made, correct? Yep. That's the first number of the VIN. Okay. So then one it's is not, US. It's not always a number, though. It can be a letter, too, can it not? It can. Okay. One, four, and five are U.S., two is Canada, three is Mexico, but you might see them as K for Korea. They had to search a long time to come up with that one, huh? They did. <laughs> tell you. It's made in Korea. Let's start with a K. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they're going to have, what, J, is J Japan? Yes. I don't, I don't want to sound too skeptical, but, and then <laughs> Germany's G-E or G-O, or, no, they're not. It's they're, W, actually. W, that's what it is. Okay. Interesting, huh? West Germany. <laughs> Nine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the letter doesn't always correspond exactly to where it's at. And if you want to go into this deep, go. we'll tell you right now, go to Wikipedia, and they have a very detailed list of every single identifier you can think of. And so... Well, it's interesting. So if I make a kit car at my house, if I build a car, mm-hmm. I would it would still be manufactured in America, so I would Correct. still get a one. But I think about some of these these independent car companies out there, especially like Koenigsegg before. I mean, I get, what I guess, this, they had cars in Sweden before. And it's worth noting that we're talking about U.S. VINs here. So if you yeah. have, if you're, if you are in Japan or you're buying a car, importing it from Japan, it's going to have a different looking VIN. So U.S. VIN, though, like for example, I'll just jump down here. Like one B is Dodge, one C Chrysler, one F Ford. And you can have a Japanese car that is manufactured here, and it still gets a number one or a number like I think. Yes, I, my new cross, my new cross track, my new Wilderness is like, I think it starts with a four. If I, if I remember correctly, but uh, yeah, it's 4S, yeah. Yeah, well, there you so, go. Yeah. So the next one, though, that's the 4 through 8 section, the middle, that's the vehicle descriptor. That's going to give you the, the model type, the restraints that are in it, the body type, the engine, and the transmission. But that's not color in it. That comes later, right? Uh, those are in the identifier section. Okay, got it. Yep, so the next one, uh, so that was 4 through eight. 8. And number 9 is called a check digit. This is the one that gets people. This is, this code, this number combined with all the numbers in the VIN, yeah. validate the VIN as being real. Oh. It's just a check code that uh, manufacturers use. So if, like it, It's interesting because the ninth digit in my VIN is nine. 
No. <laughs> so, yeah. I was like counting like one, two, three. Okay. Huh. So then 10, 10 through 17 is where you get into the specifics. So you've got uh, that this 10 through 17 is called the VIS section, vehicle identification section. Okay. The 11th digit is the plant code. So that'll tell you like if it's made in Dearborn, Michigan or in Kentucky somewhere. Okay. Um, and then 12 through 17 R is actually the identifying number of the vehicle. That's the actual identifying number. Okay. Yeah. So like Got it's it. vehicle one, two, three, four, five, you know, it's six. It's that's number 123,456. Yeah, yeah, so mine's eighteen thousand. I guess there's yeah. Five. Jesus, one hundred eighty thousand. Good lord, slow down, Subaru. <laughs> right, yeah. And this really started in nineteen eighty. So you might, if you find anything before that, the VIN numbers are harder to identify. And one common misconception of VINs is that you get all these extra details from your VIN, like uh, you know what options it has, things like yeah. that. That's only true from the manufacturer side. The if you look up a VIN online from like the NHTSA, which is where the, probably the best site I've gone to to find a VIN, you're going to get the basic build information on the car. But a dealership, an actual Ford dealer, an actual Audi dealer can look at your VIN number and give you all those options. Because they go off of that that, that, that identification build, number yep, at the end. Exactly. Because we've all watched, you know, the, the Rest Valley Restorations and shops where they go and they go, oh, it's, it came with red seats and it had a posi track rear end and it had, and you go, how are they getting that from that? But I mean, especially like the Dodge guys and stuff like that, that would always be able to pull those up. And it yep. was, obviously it was a special book. Yeah, that's actually, they're looking at the book. They're, they're cross-referencing it. So they know like, okay, this is a 69 Charger 446 pack they're going to know that that car only came in a certain amount of colors with a certain amount of options and they also know that c- cars in this color and this engine only came with these color interiors and so if you got something different you got a really one-off car but only you know the manufacturer is going to be able to tell you that yeah and i think until we look this up i always assumed that you could get all that information from just reading the vin but you have to basically get the actual the, the last the 12 through 17 code and then cross-reference it with the records from that car company that will tell you the options right yeah and i thought of this this week because i was looking at brakes for the audi oh okay and uh i needed the vin somebody number. been you know riding the brakes yeah racing exactly. it a little yeah, bit yeah exactly sure. so yeah. So I had to run the VIN. I ran the VIN to make sure I got the right parts. And I can do that on the Audi page. If I run the VIN through like uh, just a standard VIN lookup tool, though, it's not going to tell me what size the rear brakes were per the model, per the model year. Because Audi loves to change brakes by like two millimeters, five millimeters. You can go to the Audi site and do that? Uh, you can go to Audi dealers. Like there's, so not like AudiUSA.com. You can go yeah. to like an Audi parts um, website. Oh, I got it. And you look up your VIN through that. I get you. Okay. Right. I was like, and so then like, do you have access that. to something you shouldn't have access no, to? No, no. <laughs> so, but, but if I want to yeah. look at parts, these yeah. are like back doors that dealerships have set up so they can, you know, when you go sure. to a parts counter and say, what's your VIN? Yeah. It's not a stupid question. They're all the same. Chances are they're not. You know, I don't know how many times I heard over the years, they're all the same. Then I'm like, here's your plug wires for your Chevy 350. They're from an 84 Corvette. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> You only get but, three of them, but you but need if you six. didn't want to tell me the VIN, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to grab the most expensive ones I have because you were a jerk. <laughs> yeah, they uh, it's, a, it's a V8. Oh, they only come in packs of three, and you got to buy nine of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway. Interesting. So there's this little tidbit about VINs. It's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, like I said, I encourage you to look at the Wikipedia page. We looked at several different sources trying to get this information, but I was shocked at how extensive it was for every single VIN thing you could think of on there with all the country identifiers and stuff. It's a pretty good Wikipedia page. But the VIN would be different if it was a car manufactured in Japan that was in Japan. Correct. Okay. Yep. They have a whole different VIN number. Which is interesting because when you import a car, like a Skyline or something like that, that'd be interesting to see. If anybody listening to this has an imported car that that, was, that, that grew up in another country, I'd be interested to, to look what the VIN looks like. I'd be curious. Yeah, I'm going to look at some Japanese VINs on, yeah. uh, um, what's the Seattle guys that uh, import them? Oh. Sotomoto? Yeah. Yeah, Sotomoto yeah. would be able, would be a good uh, local expert. Excuse me, I'm just here to look at VINs. <laughs> well, they would be an excellent <laughs> resource, though, especially oh, now. Yeah. Um, they've been doing it a long time, importing cars, so if you're looking at importing one, even if you're not getting it from them, those guys have been always so nice when I see them at every show. And so, yeah. You know, but uh, another hot topic, and it's going to be the topic of the show today that we wanted to talk about, was uh, was dealerships. And obviously, we are, <laughs> we are sponsored by Carter Automotive Group, so we want to put that out there, And which is uh, Volkswagen, Subaru, and Acura at the moment. Hopefully more. Hopefully Ford. That'd be nice, because I want a bunch of Fords. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Carter Motors. Get on that. Uh, yeah, Dan, Dan would wait. like you to buy a Ford dealership. So yeah. Let's, I, I would like to buy some more Let's Ford get on trucks, that, right? Wait, so. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you don't know, if you're living under a rock, there's a slight markup in uh, what they'll pay you for your car and what they want you to pay for the next car. And there's a lot of people that are 
that are displeased about that. Even some dealerships, or not dealerships, but manufacturers, manufacturers are, and I'm using my air quotes, supposedly mad yeah. about this. But, yeah. you know, a perfectly good example is, you know, you can get a, a car that has 26,000 miles on it that is selling for $4,000, $5,000 more than it was new three or four years ago. So that's the market we're living in. I'm making my prediction that I don't think it's going to last probably past the end of this year, maybe a little bit into the next year. But a couple think, years, I think. I think, well, it's, I mean, you got to think, we've been at it for 2000, 2021 has been that way. I was actually surprised, you know, if, if you look at bring a trailer and, and, and we, we've talked about that, like the car market was insane during COVID. You would think in my mind, if you're sitting at home and I'm not working, that I'm going to pull all my resources in, but people were buying. And I mean, the market was insane. Yeah. Now, and now these cars are coming in, um, Perfectly good example, Broncos that are coming in and they're getting a $50,000 markup. Um, I think the ones that set the record this year were the those new Dodge TRXs that were coming in and what they were base priced like 75 and people were selling them for 150, I mean, almost 100% yeah, I think markup I, on some things. I built things. one out because I, I, I actually wanted one more than the Raptor, if I'm being honest. Oh, okay. And I, I wanted to get one, but I wasn't going to pay 100 grand for the truck. Just what, the value wasn't there for me. Yeah. I optioned it out. I think I had one for like 86 or 87. And I was like, and after looking at dealer markups, I was like, eh, I'm not going to chase one down. I know a lot of people that are in that price point are paying cash, but if you're not and you want that, you, you've got to then convince a bank to loan you over or come up with the, you, you basically have to come up with the over. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, you're paying that dealer markup and then you have a, you have a finance card that's hundred percent financed. Yeah. And the financing so. stuff is a little interesting. There's a, there's a saying we use, it's completely not related to this. It's actually an accessibility requirements, but it's uh, not about us without us. And I would love to have somebody who does financing for a living, explain this to me because you can get typically about 120% loan to value ratio on a new car. Oh yeah. They're doing that now. That's, I mean, I mean they've been doing that though, but they're advertising it more now. Right. And the fact that with these prices, so. It was kind of a thing, like if you had, when when I first realized this, I, I've had pretty good credit. I've been responsible with my credit most of my life. And so one of us. For, a long t- <laughs> <laughs> for a long time, I was getting this offered to me as I'd look at a car. I'd, I'd have my down payment ready, then I'd go to buy a car and they would tell me like, oh, you don't need to put that much down. You have good credit. You could actually loan, you know, your car, your sales tax, and even extras into it and you'd be fine. Yeah, I was like, huh, I never did that because I didn't think that was a very good practice for me when I was financing. Well, it just makes but, you farther underwater in the fact of the market drops out and you paid $100,000 for a truck that's now only worth fifty, and you owe the bank fifty. or Yeah, 100, you and know. this was these are pretty unprecedented, unprecedented times because there was no worse investment than a mass market car as far as like, <laughs> this is true. For like putting your money into credit. I mean, you weren't going to get that return. It's yeah. super weird now that we, we are, but this is a first to be clear, but outside of the exotic realm. But you're really not because like you're selling your car for more but, and the car you're buying is more. So, I mean, it's somewhat equal. Oh yeah. But if I had like, if I had held onto my Porsche, for example, yeah, bought it for 95, I could have <laughs> financed, <laughs> you know, I bought it for 105, excuse me. I could have yeah. financed it for 115 and still would have been right side up Yeah. right now. Yeah. And so, I mean, I didn't, but at the time that, that would have been the only time that has ever in history ever made sense. <laughs> And now I'm worried about people in these 125% loans on Kias, which had an average markup over MSRP of $2,600. Well, we, we've seen in 2008 what happens to the housing market and things like that when this stuff happens. So yeah. Who, who knows? knows what's going to happen yeah, next? Who knows? So, yeah. Maybe 2025 will be my year to buy a Raptor or Bronco Raptor for, you know, $35,000. <laughs> yeah. Slightly used. Uh, <laughs> or brand new and still sitting on a lot. That too. That too. Although I feel like the specialty market vehicles never do that. I think this is more of a mass market vehicle thing. It could really hit low like your Jeeps and your Tacomas though. Yeah, but this is ha- hitting the mass market. Well, you know, you and I were looking up and I think you brought it to me, but Kias, which are the kings of, you know, great warranties and cheap cars. I mean, they're going, there are, there's a markup on that of what, 2,500 bucks? The average was $2,400 in 2021. Jeez. I mean... I don't know. It feels like they're 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 pricing a lot of people out of the market. All, even though they're giving people a lot of money for their trades, it's you're still. I mean, you're 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 underwater. I mean, th- at the end of the day, the dealership wins. I mean, um, there's a lot of really good dealerships out there that aren't doing this. I want I want to say that, and they don't have to. But there's a lot of greedy dealerships out in this world that really are taking advantage of things, and that's why. And Dan's talked about this numerous times in, in the episodes. You know, it's really good to shop dealerships that aren't where you live. Oh, yeah. At the worst, it's a road trip. <laughs> yeah, if you're into something in the market specialty. And I'm not anti, like, I'm not an anti-capitalist in the sense that if there's a market demand that needs to be met and you have no inventory as a dealer, if you sold everything you had right now in MSRP, you would have nothing left. <laughs> you have no yeah. way to pay the people who work for you. Yeah. So there is a weird 
sort of balance they have to walk. But then, you know, there's a couple thousand over MSRP, which is appropriate when you can only keep a good car on your floor for a maximum of 20 days. And then there's 20,000 over MSRP, which really is just kind of What do you mean you can only keep it on the floor for 20 days? The average flooring right now is 20 days on a car in the U.S., in a mass market car. They're even lasting that long. But Oh, in a mass market, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I was telling you, I remember the days like when my parents went in to buy, it was a 92 Subaru Legacy Wagon. And I remember going to the dealership with my dad, I was like 12. And like you went in and you and they said, what do you want? Okay, I want this color. I want this. Okay, let's go to this section. And they had seven of these in this color. Yeah. And it was either a stick or a dark interior. And you picked your car. It was right, you know, yep. it was like, but I think the days of, of instant gratification of buying a car are, are few and far between right now. I mean, dealerships have cars, obviously we all know that this chip shortage has caused huge issues. I mean, everybody points out Ford and Chevy, but it's been across the board with cars. Um, Even, you know, the Subaru brands and things like that. It's been tough. You know, we we talked to Carter Motors about that. It's been tough to get the cars because they're just not producing them fast enough because people were sick and it's tough. It was a really tough market. Yeah, Tesla taking chips out of steering wheels. (laughs) What? They were disabling options to put in later that weren't as important. (laughs) Oh, like the self-driving crap? Yeah, like they would okay. take out chips from there that would work in other areas of the car because okay. you used you know, <laughs> to compensate for shortages. Exactly. Here's funny. your car, Mr. Putnam. Um, just in, until we get that other chip put in, don't turn left. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. We spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. It's like we never left. Yeah. It's like you push the button and then re-push the button. We're still here. Quick with the fingers. All right. So here's what happened. There's probably like a record scratch sound or something I should insert before this, but Nick's out of town in Arizona, and we recorded this episode, and we had this lengthy middle segment of the show where we were talking about inflation and car prices, the used car market, the new car market, how everybody's overpaying, but it felt like as I edited it, a lot of conjecture. Like, we didn't really know. We had a lot of our theories, and we had a lot of what we read, but you know what? I was like, we should just talk to somebody who is in the industry. And of course, we're sponsored by Carter Automotive Group, but I wanted to bring in sort of a neutral third party who, well, clearly wasn't paying for the show. Somebody could just tell tell like it is. And not that I didn't think Carter would do that. Of course they would. But uh, I didn't want the, the audience to feel like we were being swayed. So I called up our good buddy, Brian Elich, who's been on the show before. I called Nick, too. Don't worry. <laughs> Cut him out here. I said, Brian, can you come down and talk to me about what it's like for you working in the industry and what you think the market's going to be like, how it's being treated from your side. Like you guys have basically no inventory and nobody has any real heavy inventory, it seems. So Brian, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again. And so here's where we're at. So I want to go look at any new car and all of a sudden those mass market cars, like say I want to go look at a new Hyundai or a new Subaru or anything. And it's like, hey, MSRP is suddenly a good deal. Where's the dealer rebates? Where's my $1,500 cash back if I, you know, buy today? Where's the market at for you guys right now? You know, it's it's a crazy market. It's It, it depends on the exact model. There are models, you know, like when you're talking about mass market, let's, uh, the easiest ones, let's call it the Silverado, right? Okay. Yeah. If everybody wants just a basic four-door Silverado, you're going to be able to go and get one at MSRP. But if you want a Trail Boss or a fully loaded you know, high country special edition or something that's harder to come by that you're only finding on one or two lots in the state. That's where those, you know, we can all say we hate them dealer adjustments come in, but at some point somebody has to make a determination if something's higher value than something else. Yeah. And a fully loaded one that there's one in the state versus the base model that there's six on your lot (laughs) is worth more than something else. So that, that plays into the market. Do you think there's a a line like, where okay let's say i want um that new everglades edition bronco that just came out looks pretty sweet love the green green's in fashion right now but it's a limited edition vehicle hard to get or i want a shelby or i want a zl11 le or a a new c8 z06 is coming out any one of those hard to get vehicles do you think there's like some kind of limit where it's like okay i could see paying 
<laughs> back up. I'm the guy who's like death before ADM. <laughs> I will wait till that car is like five years old and then I will buy and it. And then you will go to Florida and drive it back. And I will go to Florida and drive yeah. it back. It's like, but if I'm like the guy who wants to super excited for that new C8 Z06, is there like a line? I mean, I, I could see somebody paying comfortably five grand over. There's, say. there's always a line and the line I always say is what you're comfortable with, right? I don't believe uh, I could spend more than MSRP, but I see the numbers every day. So there are times where, yeah, I would wait. I would wait personally for something else because, right, I didn't buy a Z01 at over MSRP. Yeah. But I did decide one day I did want a Z01 again. You know, I had a green one, waited for the Corvette, had the Corvette, and end up, you know, the right thing to buy is what you want and what you need. And, you know, when we're talking, we were talking about sports cars, right? So what should you pay? You you did it. You went across the country, got a beautiful, <laughs> right, Porsche, and drove it back, and then it's worth more than you paid for it years ago. It, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, there are specialty cars you're going to pay money for. Um, when it comes to something like the ZL11 LE, yeah. they only built 26 of them in the last three months nationally. Yeah, so you're going to end up paying a lot for it. You, yeah, that's a car that you, you maybe, yeah, it's just a Camaro, right? It's not something. Yeah, not but to it's somebody, a special though. Camaro, yeah, yeah, to a guy like me who loves Chevrolet that thinks it's the world for how cheap it is. It's, yeah. If I wasn't in the business, five grand over seems like a great deal if there's only 10 of them across the country that I could buy brand new, um, especially when the used market is roughly right there. Yeah, what do you think about the manufacturers pushing back on the dealers, though? Because, I mean, like, we've seen the news, and I also, Nick and I really wondered how real that was. Like, okay, there's, there's like, we heard Hyundai specifically, which was odd, but, we, I mean, we've seen it all the time with Ford especially. We've always seen it with Ford. But, I mean, it's normal practice for Porsche to be like, you want a new G- 992 GT3 RS? All right, it's MSRP is, I, I don't know what it is. I'm just saying it's like 300 probably. And they're like, yeah, but for you it's 450. Yeah. And that's normal practice for Porsche, Ferrari, Exotics. Look at, look at the real articles, right? You're seeing all the clickbait. Hey, you can't do this. You can't. Right? Yeah. If you read the articles, all of them, and Ford was the first one to do it, followed by GM that said, oh, we're going to crack down, right? Yeah. What they're doing is they're saying it in the nicest way possible, the true inner workings of that article say on EVs, those manufacturers are sick of losing to Tesla on the, <laughs> I can buy it for what it says on the sticker and yeah. ship to my house. And what they don't want is to bring out all these EVs and start having adjustments to make them the same price or higher than a Tesla and continue to lose in that market. Mm. Now they're also saying, Hey, what we don't want is bad publicity that these dealers are saying, hey, we'll sell you a new Corvette, and then it shows up, and then we raise the price because we have another guy down the street that will buy it. They're going to hurt those dealers in a different way. So I know Ford and General Motors said, hey, if you have cars sit on your lot because you're asking too much, we're not going to give you more allocation until those move. They've been doing that for 50 years. I was going to say, that doesn't <laughs> seem like anything new. It just seems like rewarding the same thing. In, well, what it comes down to is, you know, Dave Smith in Idaho has made a great name because he sells lots of cars because he was the first one to put big fat discounts on them and just yeah. move lots of units. And so he got lots of units and then he continues to make more customers. You know, Lee Johnson, I've been there 12 years now. We've done the same thing for a long time. We were the only ones for a long time that were zero over on new Corvettes. Yeah. It, I can't help if another store gets more of them. I can say there's other ones in the area that are getting in trouble right now because they are asking so high over that they've been, their day supply is growing. And, you know, they're looking at it as, oh, a car never sits here longer than 30 days. What do I have to worry about? I'm getting 10,000 over, you know. <laughs> um, you know, so there's a give and a take with that. Yeah. But, you know, you got to play that depending on the model. Um, you know, I've taken on the role of the used car manager over at the Mazda store of Seattle that we've acquired. And, Man, try buying cars. Yeah, <laughs> the used was, car market is crazy. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. So it seems it's easy to look from the outside in and be like, dealers are charging too much. But if you have to pay more to get inventory just like the rest of us, obviously, I mean, you're, obviously everybody in a business has to make money or the business doesn't continue. So I get it. But when, like I've talked about on the show multiple times, when I take my truck in, I've gotten offers for more than I paid for it after tax with 30 plus thousand miles on it dealers are like 75 grand cash i've been offered for my truck multiple occasions i'm like 
what? Yeah, like, do you want to give me the keys right now? I might be able to sign you up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, I, and they're like, I'm like, well, if, I, if you had anything to replace it with, and they're like, well, we can get you anything you want. And I'm like, yeah, for 30 grand over MSRP, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah, it's a trade-off, right? It's We're seeing it cars, we're seeing it housing, we're seeing it everywhere that, you know, here's, we go back to, should you pay an ADM? Well, yeah. if you're getting 5,000 more than you paid for your car three years ago and you got to drive it 20,000 miles, then maybe 5,000 over on a brand new car makes sense. Right. And that's why I said, you know, at the beginning, I think it all comes down to what you're trying to buy and what you're trying to do and what deal is good for you. Is it very relative? Sure. I, I know we have a really close, you know, relationship with all the car people here and I have a great customer in that relationship and he's always said it. You can see all this stuff online. Um, ben Remack. Oh yeah, has said, you know what? Don't make it personal. Just go in, see if it works for you, see if it works for them. If it does, you'll drive away in a car, you'll be happy, they'll be happy. If yep. it doesn't, then see if there's another dealer that has what you want. Because at the end of the day, if there is, you'll you'll buy it for less somewhere else. If there's not, then maybe you'll realize that the deal that was on the table was a good deal. Yeah, that's just it. If they gave me that much money for my Raptor right now, yeah, I would be stupid not to pay over like five grand over for a new Raptor because yeah. there's so much residual money in the use that it totally washes that 5,000 off the yeah. top. Like it, it ends up with me ahead no matter what, even yeah. if that truck will not hold its value as well, which is not true because oddly Raptors, Wranglers, Tacomas, they all are stupid with value. Always especially have been. in our market. In our market, yeah, <laughs> especially. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that is a... A different way to look at things and it's very contrary to what i normally believe but in this market yeah well I, well and again there's other things to look at right if you're yeah. msrp and you're a high interest rate you're the same amount of money as if you're five over in a really low interest rate now again when it comes to sports cars a lot of these people are cashing these things out and not right. financing they're them not financing anything yeah. unless you can find some crazy rate that just makes sense because you're doing something else with your money but um you know it <sighs> This market is insane. I don't think we're ever going to see a time in our life again that we'll do this. Uh, you know, 12 years in this. I know it was less than two years ago we were talking about most manufacturers, especially trucks, were in the five, seven, ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 between rebates, customer cash, yeah. discounts. And now you're talking there's places in our state that are 15000 over MSRP for a truck. Yeah. I At the time I bought my truck... It was right before COVID went nuts. It was right about the start of it. And so it was like people hadn't quite really dug into the chip shortage yet. None yep. of that stuff had really shown up yet. And I actually paid under MSRP, which was unheard of for a Raptor, but now impossible. Yep. Um, that's funny you bring that up, though, about interest rates. I'm glad you were, you're here because this is, I think, from an outside-in perspective, if you didn't know cars, it's an oversimplification to say things are just overpriced. It's it's not like that right now. Yeah. Um, like you you brought up a really really good point in that if you are if you, it depends on your interest rate a lot because if you're looking at the overall number, if you're going to be like okay, I'm going to finance this thing for five or six years, and you're not going to pay it off early, that number is very different than MSRP. Very different. Very this, different. This is where we could probably do a whole episode on yeah. how to buy a car or what is important in buying a car. And again, price is definitely important to a lot of people. You know, the, the people that get hurt right now are the people that haven't bought a car in six or seven years. Mm -hmm. The last time they bought a car was, a, you know, they went in, they negotiated, they found what they needed and or they didn't find what they exactly wanted. They settled for something and now it's their time to buy something because they finally did everything they needed to, saved up their money, Credit's your life, good. Whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Spot in career, yeah. and, and they go to pick out a car and now it's like, oh, it's it's over. And, you know, their car is, even though it is worth more than it would have been, it's still aged enough that it's yeah. still not enough to help them get out of the I'm paying over for something. And now they're waiting. Right? Yeah, they've and, got their older older five-year-old car that they've taken good care of. And they're like, yeah, they're going to give me more than I ever thought. It was yeah. originally worth 10,000 two years ago. Now they're going to give me 13. And yeah. you're like, and the car I'm going to buy was originally 24 and now it's 32. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so then you're backwards, right? Yeah. Or you, you make a conscious decision. Okay. I'm going to wait out this market. What do we think this market's going to be? That's exactly what I was going to ask you next. You know, is where you think this, how long Anybody is this going to last? Anybody listening to this and you, you're in that spot and you really don't know, my gut tells me 18 more months. And, okay. and I don't think that's for every car and every model. And right. again, back to those specific of what might work for you um but i think you're you're around 18 months but you really got to do some math on what is this car that i'm driving 
going to cost me for 18 months? Mm -hmm. Because how much more maintenance or what are my potentials? Because, again, if you're in a three-year-old car, 18 more months, it might be just fine. You're in a five- or six-year-old car. And this might be the second set of brakes. This might be a new set of tires. This might be Timing a transmission. Service, yeah, yeah DCT all the things service, that, yeah. that were around five, seven years ago that are now going to start to rear their ugly head. There's plenty of new models coming out by all kinds of new manufacturers. And, and I think we're going to see both a change from what is available for inventory, because that's the number one problem, right? There's, you can't go past a lot that doesn't look partially empty. Yeah, we get calls every day. Are you guys closing down? Well, I mean, officially some of our lots are going to move, but no, that's not (laughs) why our inventory is not here. People just keep buying it and we don't get enough, you know. Yeah. We can beg for as many cars as we want. They're just, they can't build them fast enough. Um, But but you're going to see inventory become available and hopefully these manufacturers smarten up and they don't have more inventory than's necessary, you know, because there's a a given a take there. Yeah. Uh, but you're also going to see new models. And when we're talking about things like EVs, I think you're going to see a range of EVs for every day's short commutes. You know, Kia Soul tried it out a while ago. They kind of took on the Nissan Leaf brand, right? The, can we just make a right around 100 miles, get it out there, get it out cheap? You know, be, I mean, I remember You're some of those leases were nine, car $99 a month. I mean, <laughs> you could. Pretty cheap experiment. Pretty cheap experiment. Yeah. And if you're just literally house to work and work the house and maybe the grocery store in between, it it, it can work. You got to want to be in a Kia Soul, but you know, those cars are actually efficient for a lot of people. Yeah. So that actually would have worked perfect for me because I have a, we have rapid charging stations all across the company. Yeah. Like charging at work is just totally normal. Yeah. And the car's safe and it's visible, you know, you see out of yeah. it and you can pack a lot of stuff in it and it's just you going back and forth to work. So you don't yeah, need a cares? big hundred bucks a month. I yeah, don't care. hundred bucks <laughs> a month. Yeah. Just pick out which color you want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think we're going to see a range of stuff like that all the way up to your, you know, top performers, you know, these new trucks that are coming out. Yeah, the Lightning looks, uh, from Ford, actually, of all things, looks actually really nice. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to see some very big price tags on some of these <laughs> yeah, cars. I was going to say. <laughs> you know, yeah. everything from that to the Hummer, and you're like, whoa, all right, we're crossing $100,000 for that a thing truck. I think it's massive. Massive. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like 9,000 pounds. Yeah, 9,000 pounds. <laughs> I'm like, is this like a Class C vehicle? Do I need a commercial license? Because that's a battering ram. <laughs> yeah, that's uh <laughs> I don't want one of those that hit my Del Sol. It's going to be a pavement. Yeah. I'd be tiny. Uh, Politics aside, there is rumor of a gas crunch with uh, the recent war with Russia and Ukraine. Um, Do you think gas prices predictably going up is the prediction we've we've been seeing? Do you think that's going to impact the market? In a different way, as far as heavy like trucks, 2013, when every Denali was on at every lot for half price, yeah, because nobody exactly. wanted to drive them at six dollars a gallon. Yeah, yeah, I remember those days. Those yeah. were crazy. You couldn't, you couldn't keep a Chevy Cruze in <laughs> stock or a, you know, what a Ford Focus. Everybody had one because, right? It was again same thing as that Kia Soul, like ninety nine bucks a month. I will just not drive my SUV. I'll park it in my driveway or. Maybe somebody will cash me out because it's five years old and I don't know anything on it. But Yeah, I had a boat at that time. You yeah. want painful driving a boat. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to store it. You're going to pay on it. You're going to yeah. fix it. How much is your boat? $400 a month in gas. Yeah, in gas. <laughs> per that, day. Yeah, yeah, per day. <laughs> you didn't use it very much. Yeah, $400 a, a day. Yeah, that yeah. sucked. I, I, I agree with you. I think we're going to see that. And it, that's going to be one of the reasons why these payments on these EVs are going to seem relative, right? Because if you can not pay four or five, six hundred dollars a month in gas prices and you can only pay three hundred dollars a month on an E V payment. Yeah. Right? They kinda go hand in hand. Yeah, I'm paying let's see, you know, I'm four fifteen a gallon, I think is what it averages around here if I Costco it the whole time. But with a thirty five gallon tank, I can't even fill up on a single like debit card fill. Because yeah. the, they I stopped heard that episode. But you know, that does not yeah, you, Costco by the way. That's huh. your that's your debit card. They don't want it because it pre charges. Yeah. Pre charges, yeah. 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 yeah, I so know Costco would love to sell you as much as they can, and they'd like to get you in the door and get you to fill up the back of the bed. Oh, they do every time too. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's 175 bucks every time in there. I feel like it was 100, and then inflation hit. Now it's 175 bucks to go to Costco plus gas. <laughs> plus gas, yeah. Well, I don't. I I stopped looking at my gas bill. I drive uh, a lot every day. Wear down the tires, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you live up to the name. <laughs> live up to the name, and uh, oh yeah, no, everything I have right now, other than the 
Grom is uh, not <laughs> fuel hole. efficient. Yeah, I've only had it two weeks, and I'm not done with it yet, so I haven't really been yeah. driving it. Yeah, that'll be it'll be an experiment. To I, the last two times I drove it, I was like, oh my god, this is so slow. But the mar- market was crazy. I, I okay, so this is my fourth one. We're right yes, talking okay. markets. Um, I'm going to give everybody a hint here that I paid way too much <laughs> for Honda Del Sol. <laughs> okay, so I cool bought car, by the way. three before. Yeah. I've never paid more than $3,000. I've driven them between twenty and 30,000 miles, and I've gotten two to $3,000 for it right. every time. Yeah. yeah. That was five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I have looked and looked and looked. Now I do only want a specific color, and I only want, you know, I was really hunting for the right one. Yeah. But the non-right ones were $6,500. And I was like, this is this is crazy. I can't. Yeah. And it took me, I found the car in November. And it took me until the last week to buy it. And <laughs> paying $10,000 for one was like, oh, I wanted to strangle myself. Wow. Yeah. It's like a bring a trailer sucker of the week deal. It was a, yeah. <laughs> I was like, and that's what sold me. Somebody was like, did you see the last one on bring a trailer? And I was like, no. And I looked it up and I was like, oh my God, it's the same car. And it went for $20,000. Yeah. And I was like. Oh, uh, okay. And my wife was like, you should just get it. You've been looking for five years. And yeah. then, you know, again, price point wise, right? I was like, okay, I spent too much money on it. Now I got to look at what I want to do to it. That's where I'm saving money. I bought shocks and new springs and brakes and I, it was in it like $900. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. One part on the Camaro was way more than I was that. Say. <laughs> I got... I basically got a new car here in parts and yeah, I'm like a thousand bucks in. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. So hopefully I don't have to do anything else to it because it'll be a fun little toy and hopefully like 40 miles to the gallon. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been looking forever. So I'm glad you finally got one. Yeah. I'm going to start riding my monkey to work though. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I would drive the ground from work to work, but you know, Seattle from Monroe, <laughs> yeah, not no. Monroe to on the highway. I, I'm going to do it just to say I did it, you know, but <laughs> be careful. It'll be one day. And make sure you take it in the work into work with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll park it in, in the shop or something. It's uh but I mean, I got to go way out of the way to try to get it there from Monroe, not going on 522 or anything. Yeah, I was gonna say, how are you? <laughs> I would just—you <laughs> gotta cut through Monroe and end up in the middle of the valley, and then cut across, yeah. you know, through Woodenville Duval Road. No, and then I gotta go up through Bothell Way, and I mean, it's just yeah, Bothell River Highway. I didn't think yeah, about that. Yeah, like, Bothell River Highway to Lake City Way. Yeah, and then yeah. all the way through Seattle. So it's just it—it's way out of the way, and that <laughs> thing doesn't go very fast. So, like I said, I will do it one day, just to say I did it, and more or less, I'm gonna hope that after work I can go drive around, right? Because that's the that's the fun part when you're just driving that thing. It's a blast. I'm not endorsing this behavior, but the lack of people that are around that would cause it cause you trouble, you could probably just take it on the Burt Gilman trail. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody else told me that. I was like, no, 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 no. I'd rather just go on the highway other than this, the sheer fact we did that once. Remember on the trip we're on the highway and we're like, oh my God, we just can't go fast enough. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't go on a bicycle trail. Just, yeah. just, no, no. We were on a highway, on, a highway. on Honda Monkeys, which is a terrible <laughs> idea. Terrible <laughs> idea. It was great if you're going downhill with the wind behind you and you, <laughs> you tuck tucked it, it in. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, back to the market. I think I want to give anybody that's got a, you know, the advice I'd give you is what do you need the car? Do you need the car? If yeah. you need the car and it makes sense and it's everything you need and want and you're going to plan on it, then look at the whole financial package and, and see if it'll work. And Two or three thousand dollars on a twenty thousand dollar car is probably better than you know ten. You know, because yeah. there are dealers that are asking just way over. But you know, you got to look at that cost savings. Like you said, you got a little under MSRP, but you still had to go out of state, bring it back, and there's a cost somewhat oh, yeah. to that. So if you would have got one in state at MSRP, you'd have been like, "Oh, this is easy. I'm just at home." You know? Yeah. No, I would have, and I would have done that. Actually, it didn't. I was actually willing to go out of state and pay MSRP, but it was the cheapest deal I could get in state at the time was 5,000 over MSRP. And so when I put out, you know, literally like a hundred emails and was like, here's a copy of my credit report. Here's my, my cash. Like I'm ready to go. It's like, sell me this vehicle. I was like, I want my, my, my Ford Raptor. And then the one dealer in Arizona was like, sure, come get it. Here's your price. (laughs) Here's your, your, take it or leave it. Yeah. I was like, sweet. I'm on my way. Then, you know, what I saved, I just spent on On, a killer road trip coming back and having fun. So that was worth it. But yeah, if if any dealer would have done MSRP local, I would have done it. You would have done it. It just went way easier, but I had more fun. You bought a vet like that once. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We know a guy. Yeah. We know a guy. (laughs) 
<laughs> but you know, you you do your homework on on the all aspects of it, right? You, yeah. You knew kind of where you wanted to be on your finances. You knew kind of what your trading was worth. And I remember, you know, we met down at the Nissan dealer to make sure it was yeah what it needed to be. And and so there are those special cases. The average person's coming in with their, you know, sixty seventy thousand mile everyday driver, and you know, we see them every day. We know what's wrong with them or not wrong with them, and how much it's going to be to fix it. And you know, you just try to do your best on getting you know, the, the numbers right and make it make sense. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the financing. Though. That's a big thing. People forget when they look at numbers on a car is they got to look at their financing. Cause if your credit isn't perfect, I mean, even if it's, you know, even if it is perfect, if you're not finding the right financing, it's a, uh, it can really change the price of the car a lot. If you're planning on holding on to it. Yeah. So yeah, as always better to put better to pay cash. Yeah, and if you can do that, then... If you can, yeah. Great, you know, I mean... <laughs> Most people can't, so I'm not talking to anybody. <laughs> I'm not the one that likes to pay cash for anything because I like to have too many things at once. <laughs> Does the bank say I can own it? Okay, then I'll try. Does the bank say they can float it while yeah, I take care of well, it? I take care of it. Now, I also have done that because I don't keep things very long. Right, you yeah. Know? There's no point in forking out all the cash and then, you know, two months later when you decide you really don't like the vehicle that you... <laughs> Now I need to either sell it and move all that money around. It's kind of easier when the bank just takes care of it. Yeah. What do you? What's uh trade for trade like for people right now? Are you guys paying like every other dealer? Or are they paying just? There's so many programs out there for people to see, and there's so many dealers because you can. We don't have inventory, so yeah. you know you're willing to pay a little bit more. The the ones that are hard are like the. the the six-month-old to one-year-old cars, right? Because mm. right now, like we said, a lot of those are right at or just above MSRP. But trade value says it's, that's what it's at too because it's so new. And yeah. It's like, well, no, it can't be that. Like, you know, I know Kelly Blue Book's a great guide and everybody knows about it. But if Kelly says it's worth MSRP six months after you bought it and put 10,000 miles on it or whatever, it can't be because if I'm selling a brand new one at MSRP, let's just say we're yeah. even talking ADMs at two grand over. Why wouldn't somebody just buy a brand new one? Yeah. Why would you want somebody's six-month-old one for the same price? So, yeah. you know, there's a there's a side of the market that's really hard there, you know. So it's going to be a tough years. conversation. <laughs> it's a really tough conversation uh, when somebody's like, no, I know I looked up my car, and it's like, I, I looked up your car too, and I, I see the same number. I just, I'm selling them for less. See right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're seeing lease returns. Um, I was wondering how that was going. Because on a lease return, you don't always have to just, like, it's not just walking in, turning over your keys every time. You well, can- you know, the manufacturers took the took the step to take that away uh, not too long ago. There's still a couple. But, uh, you know, Ford, uh, for a long time, you could only go back to Ford. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the other manufacturers have caught on to that this round, right? Because used cars are so hard to get. And customers, right, only really own half that car, right? The other mm-hmm. the other half of this by that manufacturer. So they've said, hey, you have to go back to the dealer that you're at now. Not every manufacturer has done that, but majority of them. So mm-hmm. okay. you are correct. There are instances when you're not just handing over the keys. You Right now we are seeing some equity and some stuff and, and people can get into a new car and have a little bit of that equity go towards that new car and that's great versus just turning it in. But you got to do the rest of the math and calculation if there's a disposition fee or if you have damage on your car. And, and that's where things get, there's not a straight, hey, you can just go sell your lease and make money, right? That's because what I was wondering. There's other things in there, right? Do you have damage? Do you not have damage? Is the manufacturer that you're currently leasing allowing you to, to sell it? Or do you only get the option to buy it or turn it in? And in our state, if you're buying it and paying taxes on it and then trying to sell it, you're not really in the better best position right at 10 plus percent taxes yeah it starts adding up pretty quick so anybody in that boat that's looking for another car it's great conversation great talk sit down look at the numbers anybody that's just getting out of their car you know yeah you're gonna just like if you didn't lease the car whether you purchased it lease or whatever there's a value to it yeah and now it's just figuring out who's gonna help you get it and how much is that actual value all right i want to touch back on something you brought up in the very beginning of this uh with tesla and their model of just go online, find your car, pick your options. Basically, if you're in Washington, it's more difficult than other states, but in Washington, it's pretty much just like, yeah, bye. That's it. And if you have financing, they can do that too. You can bring up your own financing. All that can be worked out and there's no dealers. Do you think the market is going to head toward that eventually? It's 100% heading towards that in the EV market. Yeah. You think it's going to be EV thing? Well, it, it is because, again, 
Tesla owns that market, right? They, yeah. they just sell way more cars and have done it and have way more happy customers doing it that way. When those cars come out and you can just click, those cars only come one way. So it's really easy yeah, for a consumer. Yeah, what color caliper yeah, do you want? What yeah, interior color do you yeah, want? Yeah, so click it's buy, really yeah. easy for a customer. I would never do that on a pickup. Right. I know pickups, so I could do it. The majority of people that yeah. think they want to pick up that have no idea what they're getting for motors and transmissions and why they need Here's it. Here's 300 options. Take your bet. 300,000 options. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. But yeah, in the EV segment, pick a color, you know, pick it with leather or without or whatever, you know, small options. Yeah. it It's extremely easy for Tesla to sell cars that way. And you're seeing, right, the Hummer came out, the first edition you can only get by buying it right from GM. Right, hmm. you click the button. I will send GM money. I will tell GM what dealer to send it to. I was going to say, is that's because, like I said, Tesla doesn't have dealers; they have galleries, and yep. they have, don't have salespeople. They have spokespeople. Yep. And they're not. You're not signing. If you go to a Tesla gallery, like in Bellevue Square Mall, locally here, they're you're literally like, yeah, you like it? Okay, sit down in front of the computer and buy it because I'm out. <laughs> you know, and that's working. So whatever. So GM is working in the same law. GM, Ford, space. every everybody is because right. It's what Mazda did it years ago. There was a special launch edition of the MX-5 Miata. Oh yeah, they were the first company totally besides all about Tesla that. that said, "Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to stop ADMs by saying we're going to launch this. You tell us what dealer to send it to." Yeah, it's still going through the dealer though. It it one hundred percent goes through the dealer, but. Think about consumer ratings, right? The dealers yeah. all want, you know, five stars. Whether they do good or bad, they're going to beg you to give you a five-star survey. Right. But what better way to find out if a dealer is doing good or bad than the manufacturer saying, hey, consumer, pay me. I'll send that money to your dealer of choice and ship them the car. And you you saw that years ago with Mazda, and it worked really well, right? That Miata huh. came out. There was no ADMs unless somebody canceled their order, and now that dealership had an extra car. Yeah. But they were the only one with that car, right? Back to that supply yeah, and demand. Yeah, you want it. We're the only ones that got it, period. You literally <laughs> couldn't get this car unless you logged in, and once they were sold out, they were sold out. Yeah. So now it became a collector's item. It's worth more money because yeah. you can never get it again. But you're seeing that start with all new launch editions. I was actually surprised the C8 didn't come with that as a start. and. They still haven't said yes or no on the, you know, Z06, but yeah, I, I think wondering. there's too much going down the pipeline and too many orders. I think it'd actually be a bad press for them. But you're you're starting to see it, right? These Broncos and all these EVs coming out. They're, they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna make this special edition launch right through the manufacturer, and that's what they're doing. They're saying, hey, where are you? Where do you want your car? And most people will do it to their local store. Yeah, and it's better for you know the manufacturer to get you in your local store. You're more likely to go back. What I can say, there is some dealerships that elected to do the first Bolt stuff. And when the Bolt just did the new redesign, right, the EUV, we were so excited as Lee Johnson because we got seven pre-orders and no one else in the state got more than two. And so, right, that's a great win for GM to say, hey, you guys must be doing great. Your customers love you. You, They want you to go back. And then, you know, all the bolt problems. So they're still (laughs) sitting there waiting for batteries. But, yeah, yeah. so (laughs) we tried. We did good. (laughs) EVs are still a new market. It's way new market. But but that's why, you know, going back to Tesla, I don't know the inners and outers. I know that they couldn't put dealers in, right? Yeah. They were told, get out of here. And... What they did was say, okay, we'll just keep the dealers we got here and we'll direct ship to the consumer. And oh my God, did that change the car world and throw it upside down? And it's... Well, it's funny. We we talked about this. So we, I think we removed it from the show. It's one of the things Nick and I talked about in our previous recording here was that in Texas, if you where you cannot buy a Tesla, period. Yep. If you are in Texas, you can order a Tesla and then it will go to a neighboring state where you can sign the paperwork, where you don't actually, from what I've talked to, I, I did a little bit of digging on Reddit, and people don't actually go out of state. They just send their paperwork out of state, yeah. digitally sign it, because that's legal, then send it back to Tesla, and then Tesla will go out of state, pick up the car, and deliver it mm-hmm. to a Tesla service center near you in Texas, or to your house. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's, <laughs> it's a, such a convoluted mess if you're not... <laughs> well, and it's just, it's so bad, too, because, right, you're like... You're making it hard for the people who live in your state and want to drive something that yeah. it meets all your state regulations. I mean, there's no reason. Well, Texas the dealer association is, is. Yeah, is fighting it. Mm-hmm. And and again, so, I mean, I'll be on the other side. I hate the Tesla model. Yeah. Because when somebody gets their car dropped off to them, they really don't get anything. Here's your paperwork. Here's your car. 
Yeah, watch the YouTube video. Good luck. Watch, yeah. And yeah. so for some people, and especially early adopter EVers, that worked well. Yeah. Right? You're going to do all the research. You're going to see everything. You're going to pick it up just like your phone and go. For some of the rest of the market that I push buttons, chart is still hard for lots of people. Uh, yeah. And when you're talking about now you go, like, I got a push button start and then I got, I, all right, right, we're going back to Mazda. You can't touch the touchscreen in the Mazda now. You have to do it like the BMW with the little oh, thing, right? So bad. And so many people are mad because they're like, I, I see it. I can touch it. Everything else in my, my phone I can touch. Why can't I touch this? You know, and it, again, somewhere, somehow somebody determined it was unsafe. So it's not that <laughs> they don't want to or they, they don't just do it just for fun. It's, it's yeah. Yeah, so the, that market of buying online and getting it shipped and not actually getting explanation of the car, you take out the real personalization of let me show you how it works. Yeah, and that is a that is a big deal. For me, Like obviously, and a lot of our, our listeners, we love to research everything on our car. I'll watch every video I can find before I get my car. Or even afterwards, I'm still just like, oh, let me find all the, you know, the top 10 things I didn't know about the car I've had for a year. <laughs> yeah, I, I own four of them. And I'm like, oh, there's a button here I never I, saw before. Right, yeah. <laughs> I was looking at the, the one for the S3 the other day, and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, this thing has a wiper mode too. And before, I would just pop the hood and then pull the wipers up and do it that way. And I was like, oh wait, it's German because we did a Carter Subaru tip of the week yeah. that you could put the BMW wipers in service mode. mode. They just pop straight up. And I was like, watching this video, I'm like, oh, I didn't know they did that. And then I realized I'd, I'd never looked at the front before, and I realized it had headlight washers that yeah. I'd never used in my life. <laughs> no. Why would you use that? <laughs> and you pull both stocks back, and it washes the headlights. Yeah. But I just for me, I was like, a, because I've never had the car towed, I was like, I don't think I took enough time to look and realize they were on both sides, and I figured one of them was a plug to put the, the toe eye in. Yeah. Which, now that looking at the front, it obviously is it's not, and not, it's obvious not. those are headlight washers, but I had no idea how to use them, and I never cared to use them. Well, those little things, right, where, you know, these cars are getting so smart, and the electronic rearview mirrors are becoming yeah. a big thing. Yeah. Right? Most cars have a way to blast water and air over that camera. Yep. I would say 95% of people have no idea that their car does that. Yeah. Right. And there, I just watched, there wasn't there a commercial that just came out that they do that. It was kind of making fun of it. And then it was like, oh, it's a really good idea. Yeah. It, like, it's oh, a great idea. Yeah. It's super useful. Yeah. <laughs> you ever drive around here after it rains and it starts drying up and everything gets kicked out of the back of your car? I mean, yeah, I've had to wipe off the back of the camera on the truck. I don't know how many times. Yeah, every day. Because you can't see crap <laughs> at the back of that truck. And it's like, I can either just drive by Braille and back it into things. Because yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Or I can actually well, clean it. Luckily, you've been driving a long time. And yeah. you'd like to drive a lot of miles that you're like, I don't really need a camera. But it is sure helpful in oh, that last like so four nice. feet of like, okay, can I really go another foot? Yeah. Well, there's so many times, too. It's, it's so The vehicles are so big now. We've talked about this before that like compact pickups are now full size pickups from 15 years ago, yeah, and full size pickups are like three quarter and one ton commercial size now. Your this, Raptor is the size of my 1980 three quarter ton. If you remember, it's bigger. It, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's wider than a Hummer. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it weighs massive. about the same. And my Colorado now is getting close to the size of your Raptor. I need to stop putting parts on and then it'll <laughs> stay small. But well, I was saying, I, I can't wait for the, the Ranger Raptor to come out that we're finally getting because it one has power, which yeah. the Colorado lacked a lot. Um, did you see the new special edition they're making? No, I've heard about it. Yeah. They're only making 50, but of that 50, you can choose that or the cyclone. So they're really not making 50. Yeah. They're making 50 with the power. Yeah. And so, but I can finally get something that'll fit down a trail. Yes. And still not really fit compared to any normal size vehicle because it's got those massive fenders on it. But the new Ranger Raptor is about, still about 11 inches narrower yeah, than a, it, than a it Raptor. It actually so looks like it'll be super fun. Yeah. I'm like, that's yeah. going to be a great vehicle for me. And I was looking at that. I'm like, I actually would probably trade my full size Raptor in on that because it's not the extra size I need. I actually want to go more places with it. And I'm so limited by how big that is. Well, and we like yeah. to, you know, go up in the snow and we've, yeah. we've watched your truck just be like, okay, I'm going to make my own path. And it does a great job <laughs> of making its own path. But everybody else is like, I'm just going to drive down the normal path. Yeah, it's good if I go first because I clear so much out of the way in snow and yeah. I can always back up. All, all the people that have never been up there, their car's like, whoa, this trail's really big. It's easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, everything's tiny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, I appreciate you coming in and uh, giving us more insight on this episode because as much as we tried, it was like, man, we just need somebody who's doing this for a living in here. Yeah, it's so. it's always fun to come in. Like I said, we can always do an episode of how you should buy a car. Right now, you should you know, look at the market on these specific one you want and see how many are out there because if there's a whole bunch somebody's going to give you a deal 
Yeah. If there's, you know, three, uh, are they all in the state or are they across the country? Because if things get limited, then prices go up. And it doesn't matter if it's a car or something else. But cars are just hard because it's been a mentality to go in and negotiate and get a discount. Because yeah. I know the one thing everybody wants to do is say, how much less than you paid than the last guy? You're right. Yep. And, <laughs> you know, how much more you got in trade-in later than the other guy did. So, um, you know, but it's... I can't undersell the value of getting what you want, though. No, absolutely not. Like I said, does it fit your needs? Does it do what you want to do? Except for, especially for your everyday commuter. The thing that you need to use every day, does it fit your lifestyle? You know, um, sometimes a truck is necessary for people. You know, maybe your lifestyle is bringing stuff back and forth to the house. And it's really easy in a truck or a a mid to large size SUV because you're not worried about folding the seats down and putting it in there. But I can't tell you how many times I've, since moving out to the country, like a truck is a necessity now. Yeah. A Raptor's not. It's not for anybody to be clear. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I, mean, I like it a lot more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I get it. I you mean, know. if you Baja to your house in the middle of the desert every day, sure. Maybe. Sure. <laughs> well, with the price of some of these other trucks, it's not that much more to just have a Raptor. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's more fun. I'll give it that. Yeah. They're extremely nice trucks. All right. Well, thanks again, man. I yeah. really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you again next time soon, I'm sure. We have another uh, monkey rally we're planning this year, which uh, Brian and I and Nick and Brandon Ben Powell. Powell. We Brandon Ben Powell. We got to say Brandon Ben Powell. That's an extra Brandon Ben Powell. I think my buddy Adam is going to be along for the first time, one of my oldest friends. And I'm sure a few other people will step up because after hearing how much fun we had last time. And then coming up on the show in the next couple of weeks, we actually have the guys from the Backcountry Discovery Route as guests. Oh, and I'm going to get the whole story on that. So Can I, can I be a, a yeah, outside course. guest for yeah, this? Because I want to, I mean, how much fun we had, Yeah, you know, in the short time that we ended up only being able to do it. Anybody that's even considering it, just spend the money, get one and come with us. Because it is, it's a trip of a lifetime. I, I after last year said oh that was the greatest thing i ever did and then this year i bought another bike to build and go again because it is it was that good yep i it's pretty much just like the first part of that episode is just going to be thanking them for all their work because it was the most fun i ever had on a motorcycle in my life and yeah yeah, it wasn't for their hard work i'm really looking forward to having those guys on the show so yeah all right man thank you grandpa what do you call this thing again it's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. Coming up at Avance right now. Portland International Auto Show this weekend, and then Avance Dino Day at Carb Connection in Kirkland. Always fun, 10 to 4. Anybody in the Portland Avance or that's going down to the Portland Auto Show, if you're there, take some pictures of if the Raptor, if the new Raptor Bronco's there. Yes, I want to see send that, please. Them, post them up, because I'd, really, I'd be curious to see it. So, yeah. Yeah, I really want to see how wide it is. Those fender flares look ridiculous right now. I want to see it. Well, and I'm wondering if you could take those, because you, the Bronco, those come off. I'm wondering if you could take the Raptor ones off and put on a more narrow one, like the, the regular Ra- the Bronco ones. Yeah. Because depends. they're supposed to come off, remember? Yeah, but the uh, suspension's pushed way out. Yeah, but I mean, you can still put them. <laughs> throwing mud everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So Everybody hate you. Yeah. Uh, new new Ranger Raptor, speaking of Raptors. I don't like the bed. There's, there's something, there's something about it. The bed it. looks funky. I don't know what it is. I think it's just because they had to raise it up for the uh, the fender flare arches for the suspension. Yeah, I just it, I don't. I'm gonna have to see it. You is that what you saw in Thailand or whatever? I saw the last one. Okay, which was not the same as this one. The previous Ranger Raptor that is out is a diesel, and it is not nearly as big as the new one. I'll tell you that green Raptor that comes to the off road events. He's done the Raptor, or the green, the Ranger, Ranger Raptor, Ranger. Yeah, yeah, he made his own Raptor. It's gorgeous. Yep, love it. That's yeah. the right one. Yeah. Um, I I would love one because the biggest problem with the Raptor is that it's too wide. It doesn't yeah. fit in trails, and so a Ranger Raptor with 400 horsepower is awesome. That's all. <laughs> yeah, uh, untuned. I know. I'm, I'm yeah. joking. Yeah. So <laughs> that that fits what I need. What I want. I want a smaller Raptor because I want all the suspension travel. I want the bed. And this, if it's like, you know, we'll see how much narrower it is. Because if the Bronco Raptor is as wide as the regular F-150 Raptor, that doesn't do me any good. But if the Ranger Raptor is, you know, like regular F-150 size, yeah, which is like a foot narrower, that would be fantastic. Fair enough. 
Because then I can go through trails. Well, yeah, obviously, and you're not going to be as long, so that'd be good. Yeah. Okay. I'm still cool. banking on a two-door Bronco. That's what I really want for, not as a replacement, in addition to, I really want a two-door. Okay, and can you pull a video that I sent you on your phone and put it up? Yeah. Okay, I want to show the people of, of, of Rain City Supercars the Enzo that I, I showed you the video of this week. Oh, yeah, I can definitely do that. Yeah, that's uh, Clarence's car. Yep. What do you think it costs to get new doors for an Enzo? When you've cut the roof out of two of them. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Our buddy down there has a the highest mileage Enzo on the road. 90,000 miles, I think if it not is. Not more. Yeah. Yeah. And he put target doors on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we'll we'll share the video if we can get it to, to link up somehow. So Yeah, pretty impressive. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, for this episode of Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. Don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.